Locked on crossover this week, LSU, Alabama, as we learned Tuesday night, it's a top 10 matchup. How can LSU or Alabama get a win? We'll break all of that down on today's edition of Locked on LSU and Locked on Bama. Well, thanks for making Locked on LSU and Locked on Bama your first listens every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. Caroline Fenton, Locked on LSU, joined by Luke Robinson of Locked on Bama. Luke, big game week this week. Um, the LSU side of things, we're viewing this as arguably the biggest game since the national championship in 2019. What's the Bama side of things? What's the biggest storyline for the Crimson Tide? Well, I think the the biggest storyline right now is just the road woes. They've had a lot of issues playing on the road lately. Um, they have, have, you know, at times they've looked fine. I mean, against Florida, going back to Florida last year in Gainesville, they get to a 21-3 to lead, uh, and they end up blowing that and, and really just surviving by the skin of their teeth. Same thing with uh, Arkansas this year. Uh, last year against Auburn, they go into uh, four overtimes against a team that shouldn't be on the same field with them. Um, and then, of course, this year they lose at Tennessee, and they also have uh, a very narrow victory uh, at a Texas team that lost their quarterback. So, I mean, I just rattled off of several different games where they have played poorly on the road, which is very odd. I mean, I think that's where Saban made his hay is is going on the road and embarrassing other teams a lot of times. I mean, they've looked, they've gone down to Baton Rouge and shut them out a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's not an easy feat to do. I don't care what kind of LSU team it is. So uh, it, it's, it's perplexing because frankly, I think Alabama's got the best quarterback they've ever had in their history in Bryce Young. And um, the problem is I just don't feel like he's getting a ton of help from his receiving core last year when they had Jamison Williams and when they had John Mechie, that that's one thing, but Mechie gets hurt. And, and then the next thing, you know, Jamison Williams gets hurt in that national championship game. And all of a sudden uh, th there was just nobody there to really count on when you're throwing the ball. And I think that is carried over a little bit to this year. The best receiver Alabama has is Jameer Gibbs. Who's also their number one running back. And that's not a good thing. And I think it's very perplexing, the number of penalties and how much they've struggled on the road. That's something that I've highlighted in the podcast this week. Another thing that I'm so confused about, it's uncharacteristically bad for this Nick Saban coach Alabama team, is the secondary. Now that's, that is Nick Saban's bread and butter. And, you know, correct me if you think that I'm wrong, but I look, I look at these Alabama DBs and they just don't look as dominant. They're not as much of a shutdown corner as I'm used to seeing from a Nick Saban, you know, a defensive mastermind coach team. No, I think that's a great point. And look, I think it, things are going to change a little bit now that Eli Ricks is uh, back on the field. He's healthy. I mean, you guys are very familiar with him. We and know Eli. Yeah. And then uh, Earl Little Jr., uh, a freshman that I'm hoping will get on the field. He's been banged up a little bit. It looks like I, I just saw a video of him in practice. And what everybody was talking about in the, the quick 10-second video there was, was, hey, he turned around and looked for the ball. Um, so, and Cooley McKinstry has actually been very good on his side of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're, I think just overall, some of the schemes – have been an issue. Uh, the other teams have done a great job. Like when you talk about Tennessee, they spread the field so much and they yeah. force some of your safeties to line up against some really speedy receivers. And next thing you know, you're getting burned unless you get to the quarterback and their offensive line did a great job. And so they, they burned us. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and so I feel like 
the defensive backs aren't quite as bad as people think they are, but you're right. They're not as dominant as they have been in the past either. And you're kind of looking at the, the LSU set of things. You mentioned one of the biggest stories that I think we're not talking about enough, and that's Eli Ricks' return to Baton Rouge. And since he transferred to Alabama, it's been a little bit of a slippery slope. He's had his ups and downs, getting arrested in the spring before going into his first season in Tuscaloosa. And then that very strange, cryptic Instagram story of him wearing an LSU uniform. And I think there's been a lot of tension and a lot of heat between the LSU fan base and between Eli Ricks since he decided to transfer and especially since deciding to go to Alabama. So I think that's one of the biggest storylines is Eli Ricks's return to Baton Rouge. And the second thing, and I think this has been the storyline all season long, is Jaden Daniels. And which Jaden Daniels are we going to see on Saturday? We've seen back-to-back really good and dominant performances from Jaden Daniels, 11 touchdowns in two games against Florida and Ole Miss. So I think the biggest storyline for me is Can Jaden Daniels do that again against Alabama? Is he going to be able to take advantage of this really talented wide receiver core? Are they going to be able to move the ball downfield? Because if we don't see a, you know, 300 yard passing dominant rushing performance from Jaden Daniels, like we've seen against Florida and Ole Miss, I don't think LSU has a chance in this game. So I think the game starts and ends with Jaden Daniels. That's really kind of what it's been all season long. We've seen a tale of two Jaden Daniels, and we're hoping to see the Florida and Ole Miss side of the guy in our center. Yeah, I think Jaden Daniels is the key. Look, Bryce Young's going to Bryce Young. I mean, he rarely has an off game. He's He's the best quarterback in the country by far. I totally agree. I mean, I I saw a CBS mock draft that had C.J. Stroud going one, Will Levis going two, and I was like, man, I just – they must be smoking some of that stuff Larry Tunstall had before the draft a few years ago. But regardless, um, I I think Bryce is just incredible, so I'm not worried about him ever. Mm -hmm. Jaden Daniels, uh, I've really admired him ever since he was at Arizona State. Uh, Now, his best year, obviously, was his freshman year at Arizona Mm -hmm. State. Ironically, I've got a son who's a freshman at Arizona State right now, so uh, I know he wishes Jaden Daniels was still there. But he's finally coming into his own a little bit at LSU. Uh, It's fun. He's a fun player to watch. Um, And and LSU's getting some running backs back, I I understand. So I think they're getting a little bit healthy. You know, Alabama and LSU always have the same off week. And uh, if this is not going to be an easy game. Alabama's, what, a a 12-point favorite or something? Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a little bit much. Um, This is going to be a very difficult game. I think Alabama is still – Vegas still considers Alabama this – this juggernaut and while they are extremely good they are not the 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 dominant team that Alabama has been especially on the road and when you're facing a, a quarterback like Jaden Daniels who okay he's not the best passer in the world but he's not the worst right and he's, he's very dangerous with his feet very mobile uh he's got good pocket awareness uh, I what's really going to happen if Jaden Daniels in the story then I think Dallas Turner and Will Anderson need to be because they're going to have to create some pressure on him and force him into mistakes. Because another thing, you go back to the Alabama defensive backs, they hadn't created a lot of turnovers. I mean, they just hadn't had a lot of interceptions on the Alabama side. And and when you consider one of them was by Will Anderson, um, that's, that's not good news. And you mentioned, you know, this isn't as dominant of an Alabama team that we've seen in the past. And I would agree, but my question is, why is that? Is the talent on this roster just not to the caliber that we are traditionally used to to seeing with Alabama? Is it the coaching staff? I know a lot of people have expressed their unhappiness with Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien. So what is the gap between this team and maybe the 2020 team, the 2019 team, some of the teams of the past that have been so dominant? 
the 2020 team, um, I would stack up against any team ever as the best team ever. I think if you want to argue 2020 Alabama or 2019 LSU, I, I would say, okay, let's let's argue it. You can have that discussion, absolutely. It's very, very close. Um, and so 2020 Alabama was ridiculous. I mean, you look now – you know, you had a Heisman winner in Devontae Smith. You had a Doak Walker winner. You had the, what, Unitas winner. You had, you know, the, the everything winner you could have. And you had a dominant offensive line. Um, And you look at guys like Landon Dickerson who are now starting for the Eagles. And, you, I mean, God, that team was so good. Um, And you had Waddle who even got hurt. But, I mean, imagine if Waddle had still been on that team towards the end. Um, But this team just doesn't have – I think the biggest difference is they don't have – a receiver that they can 100% count on. You know, when when Waddle and Mechie and Devontae Smith were all out there together, you, you felt good throwing it to anybody. Oh, yeah. But right now, I mean, when the ball's in the air, you're like, just don't drop it. Just don't drop it. And um, so that that's part of it. I think the offensive line has certainly dropped off a little bit. It's been disappointing. And, look, I'm not a Pete Golding hater. Um, I think Pete Gold. if you look at the statistics – Alabama's done okay. Now, yes, they gave up the most points since the early 1900s against Sewanee to, to Tennessee. Tennessee's going to score a lot of points this weekend, I bet you. They're just a good team. They put up at LSU. You guys know. Yeah. So, um, But Bill O'Brien's another story. I, I do not understand our philosophy. Uh, I go back to that Tennessee game. We have the ball late in Tennessee territory on their 33 or whatever it was. And we throw the ball three times when we needed them to waste timeouts and we need to get to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't understand what the philosophy is. So I think part of it is a bit of a disconnect with Bill O'Brien and just what Alabama needs to do. Um, but overall, the, there are some other things. I mean, this team is, has been mildly disappointing in some aspects, like you said, in the defensive backfield. Um, with the linebackers have been okay, but not as great as I thought they would be. And the, and the defensive line has been, again, okay, but just not great. And I'm, where's the dominant force outside of Bryce Young and sometimes Will Anderson? That's what the problem is. I was about to say, there's one guy who's doing his job week in and week out, and that is Bryce Young. Yeah. But coming up next, I want to get into some of the key matchups in this LSU Alabama number six, number 10 game. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Simply Safe. Because if you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, then listen up. Because right now, Locked on LSU and Locked on Bama listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. So this is the biggest offer of the year, and you do not want to miss it. So I live in kind of a a popping area of a downtown city. And I always want to make sure that my home is secure. And I can do that with Simply Safe. They've got several cameras all set up. They've got 24-7 coverage to make sure that you and your home and your family are safe. So in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response so you can be sure that your home is taken care of. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend and get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on LSU today. This is their biggest discount of the year. So do not wait that simply safe slash locked on college, excuse me, locked on college, no safe, like simply safe. 
Well, thanks for making Locked On LSU and Locked On Bama your first listen today. So for your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So looking into some of the biggest matchups in this LSU-Alabama game on Saturday in, in Tiger Stadium, on LSU's side of the ball, I'm really interested to see how defensive coordinator Matt House uses his creativity and uses some of the versatility on this defensive line to stop Jameer Gibbs and to stop Bryce Young. And that's the tricky thing about Bryce Young, I think, is you can get pressure on him all day long, but he is an expert at scrambling. He's able to escape the pressure. So this defensive line is going to have a really tough time in front of them. I think they're going to use B.J. Ojolari, Harold Perkins, and Micah Baskerville, those three linebackers, in a really creative way to stop this this very balanced Alabama offense. They can throw the football. Bryce Young can run the ball. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is one of the best running backs in the country. So this LSU defense is going to have their hands full, both up front and in the secondary. So I'm really interested to see how Matt House and this defensive core that I think has improved week over week over week, we really saw that against Ole Miss, how they're able to try to stop Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs and what they're able to do both in the pass game and the run game. So LSU's defense versus Bryce Young, that's the biggest matchup in my opinion. Yeah, and it's really kind of interesting. I'm sitting here wondering if it's not better to just um, rush Bryce Young almost minimally uh, because in the past, I would say, man, you just – you got to get pressure on him. Um, But the thing now, I'm not sure our receivers have the chemistry with him to find the open spots if you just rush minimally. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you protect the different areas, I feel like uh, eventually you'll you'll get to them because Alabama's offensive line isn't as dominant. Mm-hmm. So maybe it, instead of blitzing where uh, you've got a lot of one on one situations, and all of a sudden I think Bryce Young can pick you apart a little bit more. Right. Maybe if you just rush, you know, four or or five, then you can uh, you can make it where hey, if these receivers aren't finding the right spots. Uh, then, then it's going to be a problem. I mean, that's that's one thing that just comes to mind. But you're, you're right, Jameer Gibbs, I think, is is certainly an underrated weapon. Yeah. This is a guy that's great out of the backfield. His drop catch against Tennessee on second down and that aforementioned three-play sequence that I talked about earlier, notwithstanding. But um, uh, Jameer Gibbs is great. I think he's a, an Alvin Kamara type. I mean, that's such a cliched yeah. thing to say, but it's true. And, um, you know, I think that's that's certainly a great matchup. I think the other matchup for me, uh, when it, if you want to turn it around, is Alabama against Keyshawn Butte. I know he hadn't had the best year. I know he hadn't. Mm-hmm. But, man, I, I, I think that cat is something special. And I was, I was right there for all the rumors about his potentially transferring to Alabama. I, I mean, goodness, if Bryce Young had Keyshawn Butte, I think things would be much different. But um, for whatever reason – when I watch him play this year, it's like sometimes his heart isn't in it. Mm-hmm. But what I'm more nervous about is this is the game where he puts his heart in it, you know, and he has one of those Josh Reed moments against us that an LSU receiver had back in the day, probably before you were born, but that's okay. Um, I remember it. Uh, so, yeah, I think the the biggest matchup to me is how are we going to handle uh, Keyshawn Butte, Brian Thomas, that's another guy I really mm-hmm. like. Um, you know, LSU's got some dudes at receiver just like they always do. And and so uh, this Alabama team has had a propensity to give up some plays in the backfield, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. and also occasionally draw a flag that may or may not be deserved. 
And that's, I'm glad that you brought up Keishawn Booty because that's one name that was touted so highly going into this season of, you know, a projected top five pick in the 2023 drafts. And that's what we as LSU fans were all looking so forward to because before he got injured in 2021, I mean, he was just absolutely lights out. He was very clearly Max Johnson's favorite target. And then this year, my question was, is this a chemistry issue with Jaden Daniels? Is this an offensive scheme issue? Is this a Kayshawn Booty issue? Because everyone said, you know, Jaden Daniels isn't targeting Kayshawn Booty, which was probably true to a certain extent, but he probably wasn't targeting him quite nearly enough as he should have. But if you look back to that Florida State game, Kayshawn Booty had two very crucial drops that, you know, if you're a quarterback, you say, oh, well, I'm not going to throw the ball to you anymore. So I think it was a kind of a combination of everything. It was the chemistry, it was the offense, and it was just the fact that Kayshawn Booty wasn't holding on to balls uh, like we expected him to. But I think at least in the last two weeks, we've seen a little bit of a breakthrough, not just in Jaden Daniels, not just in Kayshawn Booty, but in this, this offense as a whole, where the chemistry feels like it's just clicked. So that'll be an interesting matchup to see how they approach Kayshawn Booty. I think it's been interesting for me to see all season long is to see how defensive ske- defenses scheme with Kayshawn Booty, understanding that he hasn't had the monstrous season that we all expected, but also understanding that he is a certified threat uh, as a receiver. You mentioned Brian Thomas, I look at Malik Neighbors, um, and Jare Jenkins, other receivers that don't really get talked about enough, uh, but have been you know big-time threats uh, for LSU in the passing game. Yeah, and then of course, like I said, they're they're getting some running back backs. They're getting yeah. um, they're getting healthy. And um, look, I, I think that the, the crowd's going to be a thing. I mean, Alabama uh, very famously has done okay in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. since the late '60s. So I don't think the crowd's going to have this huge effect. And again, if they look, they they played toe to toe with Tennessee, where they had 17 penalties. Uh, in the most raucous environment you could possibly have. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think that the team's going to be intimidated necessarily. Um, but LSU crowds are just different at night. I've been there. It's it's a, it's a nut house. It's a ton of fun, but it, it's also nerve wracking. So um, the, the getting this game at six o'clock, I think, was crucial for LSU and certainly mm-hmm. gives them uh, a bit more of an advantage. Definitely is a nice little break to have this a night game versus the 11 a.m. Tennessee game. That was uh, wasn't doing us any favors. Uh, Do you think that game would have been different? I'm just curious. No, I don't. I really don't. It wouldn't have been 40 to seven. I think that game was doomed from the start. I think the game plan was just flawed going into that Tennessee game. The way that they they used the linebackers, the way that the defense wanted to attack Tennessee, and the way that. Brian Kelly's approach was just taking the ball out of Tennessee's hands rather than trying using your defense, which was at that point in time, LSU's clear strength, taking the defense off the field to be able to take opportunities away from Tennessee. It was just a game plan that I understood the thought behind it. I just didn't agree with it. I didn't agree with a lot of the, the choices that were made that day. But uh, but coming up next, I want to get into our official picks for this game. Locked on LSU, locked on Bama. But before we get into that, I want to tell y'all about Sweat Block because there is somebody that I know that has to go, that I work with, has to go into the bathroom almost every 30 minutes to dry off their underarms. And it's embarrassing because they'll sit there and they have they have pit stains and they don't feel confident and they don't like shaking people's hands because they got sweaty hands, but they got their life back thanks to Sweat Block. Sweat block wipes are a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether you've got a big presentation that you're nervous about, or maybe you've got a first date and you can benefit from it. I highly recommend the sweat block wipe. So if you or somebody that you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. 
Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Biggest game of the season, at least for LSU. I bet Alabama fans are feeling that way as well. Whoever wins this game is in the driver's seat of the SEC West. Luke, your official prediction for this game. I'm, I'm going to go 28-17 Alabama. Um, I, I do think Alabama is the better team. I, I think LSU is very good. It is not a no swipe at LSU. I just do think Alabama is the better team. I think getting a week off certainly is going to help Alabama a lot. Um, 28 may seem like a bit low, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like until I see this team perform better on the road overall, I can't give them a lot more points than that. I know they scored a lot against Tennessee and they scored more against Arkansas, but I think this LSU defense is better than both of those, the 40 points they give up Tennessee notwithstanding. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just feel like um, – in the end, Alabama's the better squad, and I think you always go with a better quarterback, and I think Alabama's got the better quarterback. I'm going to go 35-28 Alabama. I do think Alabama ultimately wins this game. I do think that the road element is going to play a really big role in this game because I look at the games on the road in which Alabama has struggled versus the games that they haven't, looking ever since Bryce Young took over as a starting quarterback. There were two games in particular on the road where he didn't struggle. That was Arkansas in that first half before he got injured and then Mississippi State last year. And those, I would say, aren't historically as rowdy environments as it was that you saw at Texas or at Tennessee um, or in the swamp last year. So I think that this environment and how loud it's going to be and that it's a sold out crowd, all this hype, I think it's going to play into it like it did. Maybe it's not as much as Tennessee, but probably like you saw against Texas, probably like you saw against Florida last year. Um, So I think that's going to play a role into it. But like you said, I always take better coach and better quarterback. I think Brian Kelly is a great coach and what he's doing at LSU just in his first year, LSU fans should be really excited about this year and about what we have moving forward. But Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time. I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in college football. I think he's the best player in college football at this point. So I do ultimately think that Alabama gets the win. But the way that LSU's offense has been evolving and all of the momentum that this team has and the fact that they are all starting to buy in to each other, they're all starting to buy into this coaching staff, I think they're going to be able to at least keep it close. I wouldn't be surprised. If it was maybe tied at halftime, maybe LSU is even up by a field goal at halftime. Um, but LSU has historically this season started slow, and this is just too good of an Alabama team to be able to overcome that. So I'm going to take Alabama ultimately to win this game, but I think it's going to be a really, really fun matchup. Let me tell you something that is the most intriguing thing about this to me. What is going to happen to the team that does lose? Mm-hmm. Because both these teams right now, I mean, Alabama controls its own destiny to go to the college football playoff. I don't think LSU can get there even if they win the SEC just because mm-hmm. of the two losses, especially when I'm being to a bad Florida State team. But, I mean, imagine the the hoopla and the, and the uh, euphoria if LSU was just to make the SEC title game. So they mm-hmm. certainly have a lot to play for. Yeah. So what's going to happen to the team that loses knowing now – the, their goals are are done because if LSU loses, there's just no way they're getting into the SEC title game. No. And if Alabama loses, they're not making the CFP. So uh, it's whoever loses, it's going to be interesting to see how that team handles the loss going forward. And that does, I think, make the Alabama Ole Miss game that much more interesting yeah. because let's say LSU beats Alabama. Then you've got a two-loss LSU team and a two-loss Alabama team. Then Alabama goes to play Ole Miss and then beats Ole Miss, we've got a two-loss Ole Miss team. 
So now you've got three two-loss SEC West teams that any of them could run the table. And I think that makes all of that so much more interesting in terms of the SEC championship. Because when you look at the other side, you've got an undefeated Georgia team and an undefeated Tennessee team. So the loser of that team, or excuse me, that game, very much so has a path to the college football playoffs. So do both Georgia and Tennessee get in? Are you going to see the first three-loss team get into the college football playoff? I don't think so, but I think that makes everything on both sides, the SEC East and the SEC West, so much more interesting. But I see, you know, if LSU loses this game, they drop out of the college football playoff rankings and hope to move on and get a win against Arkansas, Texas A&M, and UAB and finish the season off, you know, nine and three in Brian Kelly's first year. I don't think anyone on LSU's sideline would be upset about that. But with all of the hype and at least the hope and the thought that they could punch their ticket to Atlanta, it'd definitely be a bummer if they weren't able to make it there. There's no doubt about it, but that's what's going to make it fun. It's going to be a great game on Saturday. It's going to be a great game. But thank you for making Locked on LSU and Locked on Bama your first listen every day. Caroline Fenton, Luke Robinson, appreciate you for joining me today.